Grace, mercy, and peace to you this morning from God our Father and from Jesus our Savior too. Today's about the harvest, but it's also about getting your eyes checked. Not really with that kind of eye chart. That one does, you know, can you see 2020, but more of the kind with can your mind actually perceive what your eyes are seeing. Here's, here's another image. This was a cartoon published by a man named William Hill in 1915. It was, it was kind of a humorous magazine, and he titled this one, My Wife and My Mother-in-Law, and the caption said, they're both in the picture, find them. So the eye test is, can you see a young woman and an old woman in that picture? And the problem is there's only one person, right? So maybe you're already seeing it, but let me help you out if you can't. So the young woman is, if she's kind of looking back over her shoulder, so on the side of her head, you're seeing her ear, and then her nose and eyelash are kind of sticking off toward the back. Do you see the young woman there? But then if you kind of rearrange your whole brain and then take another look at it, and this time, if you see the ear as the eye, and her chin is the nose, and her necklace turns into the mouth, all of a sudden you see a woman who looks pretty old. Yeah, it's one of the most famous pictures of an ambiguous image where you can see two different things at the same time, depending on how you look at it. And some of these can be kind of fun. Here's another one. What do you see? A guy in a canoe with a big fish, right? How about now? <laughs> it's the exact same picture. But if you flip that one upside down, now all of a sudden it's not a guy with a canoe and a fish, it's a huge bird holding the guy in his mouth. And people will do psychological studies of this that depending on who you are and what you're bringing as you look at something, you could see something totally different than what someone else sees. Another classic one are the ink, ink blots. What do you see as you look at that? I look at that and see a Pokemon. <laughs> Which, that's, that's not in the picture, it's just an ink blot. But, and if I say it looks like a Pokemon, that, that says less about what's actually up on the screen as it does what's going on in my life and the kind of conversations that are part of my life every time I drive in the car. You might see something totally different with that. But today, we're not looking at ink blots or pictures of young women and old women. The question is, how do you see people around you in this world? Jesus says he sees people in a way that's very different than most other people see people. And that's what's before us today in John chapter 4. So if you've got a paper copy of the worship folder, turn to pages 7 and 8. Otherwise, I'll put some of the main verses up on the screen. It's about Jesus and a woman at a well. Here's the background. There's the map of what the land of Palestine looked at at Jesus' time. The south, down by that lake at the bottom, that's the Dead Sea, that's Judea. Up in the north, by the Sea of Galilee, that's Galilee, and in the middle was an area called Samaria. Let me zoom in on that because that's where Jesus was. So he's about where that red arrow is pointing. And the history of that area is that in the Old Testament, the southern kingdom was Judah, the northern kingdom was Israel. The kingdom of Israel was taken captive and a lot of the people were deported over east to what's Iran today. And in their place, a bunch of people from what's Iraq today were brought in and resettled in that area. So those people living in Samaria were a mix of Israelites and non-Israelites. And they brought back some of their false gods from Babylon, so their worship was kind of a mix of the Old Testament and the truth and the idolatry that they brought from, from Babylon. So you've got people in the south in Judea 
who worship the true God, you've got people in Samaria where it's a different race, a different culture, a slightly different religion. And that caused a lot of tension in the time between the Old Testament and the New Testament. So you know that the Jewish people had a temple in Jerusalem, right? That's where the temple was in Jesus' day. The Samaritans actually built their own temple on Mount Gerizim, which might have been in, in, they might have seen it from where Jesus was. It was right by where that red arrow was. But about 150 years before Jesus lived, the Jews took an army up and burned the Samaritans' temple down. And that's just one example of there was a lot of animosity that built up between Jews and Samaritans, which maybe explains now, as you read the New Testament, how they didn't always get along. When Jesus tells a parable about the good Samaritan stopping and helping, what's amazing is that is, of all people, a Samaritan stopping when no one else would. So in John chapter 4, Jesus and his disciples were traveling from Jerusalem in the south up to Galilee. And then you've got to do something with Samaria, right? Because that's in the middle. Some people would have actually crossed over the Jordan River, walked up in Perea, that purple area, and then crossed over the Jordan River just to avoid going through Samaria. But that's, that's not what Jesus and his disciples did. If you can see it there, there's a gray road that goes up right through the middle. They probably were on that road because they were stopping at a village called Sychar and the disciples needed to get some food there. So they went into town to get food. Jesus stayed outside. I, I get the impression they had planned to just keep going. This was just a stop on the, on the way for some food. While Jesus was there, there was a woman at a well and they started talking. Jesus said, could I have a drink? And her response was, what? You're a Jew, I'm a Samaritan woman. Why in the world are you asking me for a drink? And Jesus says, I actually have living water and you should be asking me. I could give you the water that will make you never thirst again. And then the conversation gets a lot deeper. Jesus reveals he knows about her that she's been married five times and the man she's living with isn't her husband right now. And she starts asking Jesus about where do you worship God the best? And she says, even from her Samaritan faith, she knows that there's a Messiah who's coming. She says, when the Messiah comes, he'll explain everything to us. And then Jesus says, I, the one speaking to you, I am he, I am the Messiah, and that's where the reading we have picks up. The disciples now come back from buying food, and here's what John says was their reaction. Just then, his disciples returned and were surprised to find him talking with a woman. But no one asked, what do you want or why are you talking with her, although it sure sounds like that was their first reaction in their minds. They're thinking like, Whoa, what's going on here? Why would Jesus talk to her? Uh, what are you doing, Jesus? Uh, this is a Samaritan. She's a woman. Why are you, why are you talking with her? They didn't, they didn't ask Jesus that. She went back to town to tell everybody about Jesus. And the disciples, here's what they did. The disciples urged him, Rabbi, eat something. It, it's like their minds got right back to the reason Martha's town, Jesus, is just to get some food and move on. So forget about that woman. Let's just, let's just eat. And so if you look at the disciples, how do they see the woman? Again, not as an eye test is their vision 2020, but when they see this woman, when they see these people in Samaria, what do they see? I wonder if part of it was that political filter. The Samaritans are different from us. They, they knew the history probably better than any of us do about all the tension that had developed between those two groups. Maybe they see her through the filter of, here's this single woman at a well, and it's kind of weird for all of us guys just to be chatting with, with her. Or, 
I wonder if they saw her kind of the way I see the person behind the counter at Quick Trip when I'm on a road trip. Uh, in and out, if the bathrooms are clean, that's great, but if you'd ask me the next day what was the person like behind the counter, I would have no idea because I wasn't there for that person. I was there just to get in and out and get on my way. I wonder if they looked at that village just as, here's a pit stop where we grab some food and that's about, and that's about it. And so the question I'd ask you this morning is, when there are people that you see in the world around you, what do you see? Now, I'm going to put some images up on the screen and just to make you think through some different categories of people, let me just give you a trigger warning that some of these might be pretty powerful because the way you see people can be really strong in this world. So, for example, here's one. What do you see? Or if I'd put the reverse one up, how does that one strike you? What do you see if you see something like that? Or a little closer to home, if I'd show you this video I took on, this was on, on Thursday. What do you see there? Do you see the town where you grew up? The, the town where you moved because this is a great place to raise a family? Is it you see a place where they've got some pretty good food there? What do you see? Or if, if I put this video up, actually before a video, how about this one? Yeah, you see my family, but it's not so much about my family is, if you would think of your family, how is it that you see your spouse? How is it, parents, that you see your kids or kids? When you look at your mom and dad, what do you see when you, when you look at them? Or if I, if I put this one up, as you drove up this morning and, and saw the church, what is it, what did you see? Or the other one would be if you see the school with the flag flapping in the breeze, what is it that you, what is it that you see there? Like the disciples, it's so easy for us to view the, the world in terms of what benefit does that person or does that thing have, have for me? That if someone is on my side, is going to back me, is going to fulfill my dreams and give me what I want, then I'll pay a lot of attention to that person and, and, and want that person in my life. If on the flip side, that person is a threat, if, if they're going to oppose me or, or stab me in the back or, or work against the things I'm doing in life, then I'll probably pay attention in a, in a bad way. And like the disciples, if somebody really has no impact on my life, if I can't see how they're going to be useful to me, it's pretty easy just to not even see them and, and go on in life. And I, I feel that myself, maybe you do too, I, I think that that's part, that, that's, that's in a way natural for us, but if you dig into it, it's, it's natural insofar as our human nature is very, very selfish, our, our sinful nature inside of us. That, that we tend to look at the world around us in terms of how does that benefit how does that benefit how does that benefit me but you go back to jesus and that's not how he saw that woman that's not how he saw the people of samaria that's not how god sees the world here's some verses as jesus then talked with his disciples he said don't you have a saying it's still 4 months until harvest i tell you Open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. 
Jesus says, open your eyes. I want to tell you what I see as I look at that woman and the Samaritans, as I look at the world. Jesus says, I see a field with stuff growing in it. And Jesus says, I don't see the field four months before harvest. You know, if, if you'd count back the months for us, if, if harvest is in October, Jesus says, I'm not thinking of a field back in June or July. That's when it's green and growing, but that's when the farmer can sit back and say, I already planted, it's not harvest time yet. There's not quite as much to do in the middle of summer. Jesus says, as I look at this world, I see a harvest field that's ready for the reapers to go out there and bring the harvest in. So when Jesus looks at that woman, what, is, what does he see? He saw a woman who needed living water, who was really thirsty in life, who hadn't found satisfaction in those five marriages or with other things in life. She needed what only Jesus could give. He saw a woman who had had the seed planted in her by whom, who knows, but she was looking for a Messiah and Jesus was able to step in and say, that's who I am. And Jesus saw a whole town of people like her, people who needed a savior. That's how Jesus sees the world and that's the way that Jesus sees you and, and me. If I'd put your picture up on the screen and, and ask people, what do you see? <laughs> what kind of answers do you think you'd get. My guess is there are people who see you very differently. Some of them very good, some of them very bad. Some people might look at you through that political lens that's been so powerful in our country lately. Some people might look at you through the lens of what is your gender or how much money do you make or how much do they they like you or not like you. Uh, how does Jesus look at you? He sees you as somebody that he wants to have in heaven forever as part of that harvest. He sees you as somebody that he laid down his life on the cross for uh, to, to shed his blood and forgive your sins and buy you back so that you are his. Jesus looks at you and he sees someone that he loves and wants with him forever. And not just you, that's the way that Jesus sees the, sees the world. And so if you'd go back to this, this, this village in Samaria, Jesus says to his disciples, I want your eyes to see the world that I see them too. Open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. And then as Jesus is speaking, or just after, all these people start coming back because the woman has said, here's a guy who told me ever, everything I ever did. Maybe he's the Messiah. So here's what happened next. Many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony, he told me everything I ever did. So, when the Samaritans came to him, they, he, they urged him to stay with them, and he stayed two days. Which was probably a lot longer than they had, had intended. Again, I get the sense this was, let's grab some food and, and get back on the road. Jesus spent two days with them, telling them more about himself and who he is. And amazing, here, here's the next verses. And because of his words... Many more became believers. They said to the woman, We no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we have heard for ourselves and we know that this man really is the Savior of the world. Nobody else in the whole Bible uses that name for Jesus. Well, the Apostle John does in one of his letters. But as far as people in the Gospels, as far as how they see Jesus... These Samaritans see him for who he is now. He is the Savior 
of the world. And you think if it would have just been a stop for food and moving on, how would any of that ever have happened? But Jesus saw there the harvest and he spent the time then to talk with that woman and those people. So how does Jesus see the world? He sees not the green field of something growing, he sees the golden ripe fields of grain ready for the harvest in this world. And so again, my question for you today is, what do you see? What do you see as you look at the world around you? Can you see the world through the eyes of Jesus? It is going to be very different. Lots of people, you'd have to flip things up, 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 upside around and, and, and backwards because it's not the way that we would see people on our own. But when Jesus sees, sees the world this way, and you know he sees you this way, then I'd hope that you can see this world, the, the world this way too. So if I put those same pictures up, but, but with that over the top, yeah, are, are things in this world going to color the way you look at people? Yes, but, but can you see through that and see that there is a harvest in this whole world around you? And when you look at your family, can you see that your spouse and your kids, your parents, they're not just here to give you what you want and fulfill what you want in life. They're here because Jesus wants them in heaven too. And when you look at, at Lake Mills, uh, what do you see? Do you see a town that's meant to give you and your family what you want? Or do you see the harvest field where we're working together to, to, serve, to serve our Savior and bring in the harvest? When you see the church, I hope this isn't just, I'm here to get what I want for my own faith. Yeah, but that you're here to serve in the harvest too. And that when you look at the school, it's not that there's just a great product for your kids there. It's that there's a harvest we're working through together to bring souls to heaven forever. And Jesus said that if you see the world as he does, as a harvest, that'll shape the way then you feel about it and and what you do with it. Jesus said that there's a joy that comes with the harvest. And from what I know that's true around the world, the time that people's celebrations usually happen is at the harvest time, if you're in an agricultural society, because it's a wonderful thing to bring in in the harvest. And I hope that you then share in Jesus' joy uh, he talked about that. And he said, if it's harvest time and not four months away, then now's the time to get out in the fields and harvest. Harvest time is when the farmers put the lights on the combines and stay up late at night. Uh, they're working not quite 24-7 because they need to sleep some, but that's the time of year when you get to work because that's what it's all about is bringing the harvest in. And again, we're not talking about grain, we're talking about a living harvest of people. What does that look like as all of us at St. Paul put all our energy and effort into jumping in because now is, is the harvest time? Jesus said to his disciples, open your eyes, look around you, the fields are ripe for the harvest. So as we close today, let me say a prayer for all of us that God would let us see the world as he sees it, that we'd see the harvest too. Let's pray. Lord, all around us there are people in this world. People close to us in our families, people in our church, people in our community, people in our world. And we know that lots of people don't see the world as you do, but we pray today that you would open our eyes that we can see what you see in this world. That those are not just people, those are not just people who will give us what we want or hurt us or do nothing for us. These are people you love, people you want in heaven forever. 
Open our eyes to see the harvest. Let us rejoice in the fact that we're part of your harvest and then use us to bring in that harvest for you. We pray all that in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's now stand as we confess our faith together. We all